One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Personal Foul Podcast. We have a date of April 16th, 2019. Uh, you can follow the Personal Foul Podcast at foul underscore podcast. I have a special guest coming on, covering a lot of basketball. It's actually called a lot of the Lakers uh, stuff right, right, right now with uh, LeBron James. Uh, Brandon Scoop B. Robinson. Thanks for coming on, Scoop. Hey, man. Thank you for having me. Good to know that uh, people want me on their podcast, and I know uh, you know my guy, Alex Cuesta, so, you know, it's a family affair here. Yes, definitely appreciate you coming on. Uh, you can give yourself a shout-out, how people can reach you, how people can find out the scoop from Brandon Scoop B. Robinson. Well, first and foremost, make sure you subscribe to the Scoop B Radio podcast, uh, which is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn app, or simply by visit ScoopBRadio.com. We've had anybody from uh, the voice of Siri, DJ Khaled, uh, Jamal Crawford, uh, and a wide range of other people on the podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Scoop B, and you can also follow me on both Snapchat and Instagram at Scoop underscore B. So we got all that scoop out the way. Let's get to it. Yes, let's get to it. So we've had a pretty interesting playoffs, actually. It's been a lot interesting the first round than a lot of people have would have thought seeing last night the Clippers with that incredible comeback over the Golden State Warriors. Sad news coming out of Golden State with uh, DeMarcus Cousins going down with the groin tear. You know, it's sad to see a lot of people are not a fan of uh, DeMarcus Cousins. He's a very different kind of player. You know, he shows his emotions, which, you know, a lot of guys don't. And he's just got a certain personality to him. But he signed a cheap deal with the Warriors to get a chance at a ring this year since nobody gave him the money that he was expecting coming off the uh, Achilles tear. And uh, you have this go down. It's definitely hurts for the Warriors, especially with possible next round against the Rockets. But what's your take on the injury to DeMarcus Cousins and the surprise win last night by the Clippers? Uh, well, as far as the, the DeMarcus thing, DeMarcus Cousins uh, assessment goes, I don't think everybody dislikes DeMarcus Cousins. I think many people dislike anyone who is a free thinker. Um, and DeMarcus Cousins certainly is that. Uh, he and I spoke extensively uh, about just um, the upcoming season and how you know pumped he was uh, to 
played for the Golden State Warriors. And uh, he was in the ideal position, mainly because the team was already built for him. Um, and basically, he can slide in and play his way into uh, a, a, the next contract. And, you know, with DeMarcus Cousins, the thing that really uh, is disappointing is you don't expect him to get hurt against a Clippers team. But we also didn't expect the Clippers to be as tough as the Clippers are. And you have to give credit where credit is due. Coming down from a 31-point deficit against the, the Golden State Warriors, the reigning NBA champions, I, I've said this the last couple of weeks, to be the champ, you got to beat the champ. And, um, you know, the thing about DeMarcus Cousins is, you know, he really talked to me just about his maturity as a as as a as an NBA player, um, and the one thing that he said to me that really stood out was um, the Warriors are like their starting five is like Play-Doh. They can you you can develop them into anything you want them to be. And he said to me, I believe on our team uh, they have a very high basketball IQ when it comes to the game of basketball. All of us know how to play the game of basketball. Um, and like I said, he said, they're like Plato that you can mold them, whatever you wanted to be. And I was hoping that DeMarcus cousins would mold into an NBA champion this season and to play himself into a bigger contract because it didn't work out in new Orleans, but that wasn't the case. And that wasn't the cards that he was dealt. And now the warriors, you know, luckily for them, they did sign Andrew Bogut and they got to go head to head with a, with a uh, Clippers team that has something to prove. I don't disagree. The Clippers are definitely a story this year, and I like the take you just had on Golden State, especially that you've talked to a guy like Cousins. Like I said, I don't like dislike Cousins. A lot of people, you know, have had that like comment, like, ah, uh, you know, he's got the issues. What you saw in Sacramento, then just he, like as you said, he is a free thinker, and I think there needs to be a lot more guys in the league that are like that and speak their mind, and that's what Cousins is. And it definitely stinks to see him go down the way he is. And, you know, we saw a lot of, like, little things out of Cousins this year with Golden State. There really wasn't that much, like, issues with him this year in Golden State. He played very hard. And you saw it going after a loose ball like that, hustling for it. And the way he went down, you didn't think anybody anything was really wrong. I was talking to my roommate. We actually thought it was just, like, a cramp. And then you saw him actually get up and start moving. And it was like, all right, this, this is actually more than just a cramp. And definitely stinks to see him go down the way he did. And the touch on the Clippers, the Clippers, man, oh, my goodness. I'm a Lakers fan, so I actually thought the Lakers were going to slide into the eighth seed or at least make the playoffs after the move of sending Tobias Harris to Philly. And Doc Rivers, man, you got to give the credit to Doc Rivers. They play hard for him. Landry Chamber hitting that big three at the end of the game last night, but they play hard for him. Pat Beverly getting into Kevin Durant. I think the Clippers are actually in a better spot than the Lakers are going into free agency this offseason. What do you think about the Clippers going into this offseason? I think they're in a better spot than the Lakers, personally. Um, I think the, the Lakers are still being defined right now, particularly because no one expected the Lakers to struggle as much as they did this season. Uh, I've gone on record, you know, back in January and said, you know, LeBron James's injury changed the whole trajectory of uh, the season this, this year, particularly on Christmas Day uh, when he heard his groin and, you know, didn't come back until January 31st. And then the consistent Anthony Davis trade rumors and more uh, definitely changed the trajectory of them. And it's, it's a directly answer your question about the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, surely uh, the Clippers are in a great position. I had our ESPN senior writer Ramona Shelburne on the Scoopy Radio podcast. And she said to me, she believes the Clippers are one of the best watches in the NBA uh, because they play hard and they have a great system and they're always working together. You really don't see a lot of ball hogging. Uh, and they have this pick and roll between Harrell and, and Lou Williams. Uh, that can't be beat. Um, and, and when you answer the, you asked me the question about the Clippers. I mean, 
who would have expected that uh, not only Brooklyn Nets' head coach Kenny Atkinson, but Los Angeles Clippers head coach Doc Rivers would be mentioned in the same breath as Milwaukee Bucks head coach uh, Mike Budenholzer as potential NBA uh, coaches of the year. Um, that's a testament to hard work, a, a testament to working while everybody's sleeping um, and really just building team chemistry. You, you mentioned Tobias Harris being um, traded to uh, the, the Philadelphia 76ers, and that definitely benefited both teams, opened up playing time on the Clippers side uh, and gave uh, the, the Philadelphia 76ers an insurance policy in the event that uh, or in the case that uh, Jimmy Butler does not resign with the city of Philly, the city of brotherly love. Uh, come this offseason. Uh, but when you look at the Los Angeles Clippers, they're fearless. Reminds me so much if I can make a baseball comparison uh, to the San Francisco Giants some years ago that had a bunch of guys that were no stars. They were not the New York Yankees of, with the core four back in the day. They were a team that genuinely just had guys that wanted to compete and they won a World Series that year. If I'm not mistaken, that was like 04, 05. Uh, you might be correct. It, it is. They are a very gritty team. They just a lot of fight in them, as we touched on. They're playing hard for Doc. And it's just crazy to think that the Clippers, as everybody said, the Clippers were sliding right out of the playoffs after they moved on from Tobias. And what do you know? They're in here and they're scrapping with the Warriors. It's definitely crazy. It's, and as you touched on with Kenny Atkinson and the Brooklyn Nets, Brooklyn and them are kind of very similar. I know Brooklyn does have a little more talent, I think, with a guy like D'Angelo Russell coming from L.A. in a trade. Um, but I think that was a very good move for the Nets. Uh, the Nets have made a lot of like quiet moves without having any draft picks, really, after they traded all of them to Boston. you got to give the credit to Kenny Atkinson. And uh, I'm forgetting the name of the general manager right now that came over from the Spurs. Sean Marks. Yes, that is Sean Marks. But uh, definitely they did a great job building that team up, picking up a guy like Joe Harris. Really nobody knew who Joe Harris was. Got it slid through the cracks, and what do you know? Three point champ this year in the All Star weekend. Shot the ball very well, and D'Angelo Russell having an All Star year. It's definitely just something great to see with Brooklyn, and they they're gonna have a chance to make some splashes this off season. What do you think about the Brooklyn Nets? And I actually think they have a chance of beating the Sixers here in this round. What do you? What's your take on the Brooklyn yeah, Nets? I've been on a few radio shows um, since the weekend, and uh, was asked what upsets could I see uh, occurring in there? And there's two, there are two series in the, in the NBA's Eastern conference um, that, that stand out to me. Um, one is circumstantial, more is more talent. Uh, when you look at the Philadelphia 76ers and, and Brooklyn Nets series, um, I like the Nets and it's not just because of D'Angelo Russell. You kind of touched on Joe Harris. You said many people didn't know about Joe Harris. I, I can actually say unequivocally that uh, I was paying attention to Joe Harris during his days in Cleveland with, uh, LeBron James and Kyrie Irving and Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love. Um, he, I remember him playing on that that Cavs team that set like a record um, against the Atlanta Hawks, I think for most threes and a half, I believe it was. I was at that game. And what, what, what struck me about Joe Harris was just his shooting stroke and his consistency while shooting. I actually ran into Joe about two weeks ago and told him, man, you can really hit that shot. Uh, stay consistent with that because I believe that someone like D'Angelo Russell, who commands so much attention, particularly in the double team, um, really has a gift in Joe Harris, who can really hit that jumper, that three-point jumper consistently. Uh, and someone like even uh, Jared Allen, who can kick out of the double team. I want to see him get a little bit more aggressive 
uh, in the post with Joel Embiid. But um, that Nets team is not just D'Angelo Russell. It's really a, a collaborative effort. You have Rondé Hellis-Jefferson. Uh, you have Spencer Dinwiddie. Many people thought that there would be a logjam at the point guard position for Brooklyn. And um, D'Angelo Russell and Spencer Dinwiddie run the flow of that offense well, both on and off the ball. Um, and, you know, even veterans like Damari Carroll uh, coming in and, and, and having playoff experience during his days with the Atlanta Hawks, uh, really playing a solid veteran role. Uh, I, I do like that Brooklyn team, and that's a team that I believe can upset the Philadelphia 76ers because the Sixers are still a young team with an, with an impressive roster. If I'm not mistaken, their starting lineup has only played 10 games together consistently. Various health issues, trade issues, etc. Uh, Boban has been another guy that defensively has impressed me that, uh, in the short amount of time in the playoffs they've played. I like him a lot. Um, but what I'll add in the Philadelphia, or rather in the other playoff series, is the Indiana Pacers and the Boston Celtics. Uh, they dropped the lead from the first half, and, and I think uh, Boston scored 15 unanswered points in the third quarter. Uh, if Boston wants to go to the next series, they can't continue to play like that. Indiana are, is playing without their all-star in Victor Oladipo. Uh, they brought in um, some pieces. Wesley Matthews, who got a buyout with the New York Knicks, uh, and, and more, and they're playing inspired basketball. It's almost like Victor Oladipo never left. And so if, if, if Boston wants to be uh, advanced to the second round, I'm going to need them to play like they played in the second half of that game on Sunday afternoon uh, with, with Al Horford and, and, uh, and, and, and Kyrie Irving uh, being the guys, who, the leaders that they are. Yeah, I, as you touched on with the buyout market, it's kind of crazy how much the buyout market has been such a key to a lot of these playoff teams. So oh, sure. Ennis, Ennis Canner getting signed with uh, the Blazers coming from the Knicks. It, it definitely is, as you touched on with Wesley Matthews, the buyout market's huge, and it definitely stinks, speaking of injuries, with uh, Portland missing Yusuf Nurkic. It would have been nice to see Nurkic and Canner, how much of an issue that would have been with those two guys, with Canner coming off the bench. Would have been very interesting to see those two guys, and just that's how it seems it goes with the Blazers. Injuries down the stretch, and I'm a huge Damian Lillard guy. I uh, it's kind of crazy thinking two guys like that when McCollum and him have a with a very small college with Lehigh for CJ and uh, Weber State for Damian Lillard. Small colleges like that, but to bounce back to Brooklyn, a guy like Karis LeVert. Coming off the bench, too, he's definitely exciting. He's definitely been huge so far in the playoffs for the Brooklyn Nets. Coming out of Michigan, who where he did have a lot of injury issues, and it's shown in the NBA. He had one of those scares early in the season. Thankfully, it wasn't too serious, and he was able to come back and be a presence like he is right now. But going back to Boston, as you touched on, that's another series that could you see the Pacers squeaking by and getting by the Celtics. They're another very gritty team. They kind of remind me of Memphis. Uh, when Memphis had Conley and Gasol there when they were making the playoffs. One of those – it just kind of reminds you, like, they're very similar. One's in the East, one's in the West, but it's one of those gritty teams are the Indiana Pacers. Corey Joseph led them in scoring the other night with 14, but crazy guy held to eight points in the third quarter. And as you touched on the Celtics, Celtics are that team that can make some noise in the East, uh, but as you touched on, they got to play better like they did in the second half. And you, you mentioned Memphis. If I'm not mistaken, Daddy's Young played for the Memphis Grizzlies briefly. Yeah, I think he did early on, yes. And he I played mean, for the Daddy's Sixers Young as well. was, a, was, a, was a huge key in that team uh, last season. 
uh, that ended up losing to the Cleveland LeBron James led Cleveland Cavaliers in the playoffs last year. Uh, another guy worth mentioning, uh, Tyreek Evans, a uh, guy who uh, can play lights out. And, you know, I think that that Pacers team, even someone like Miles Mack, uh, they just have a bunch of gems uh, or diamonds in the rough that come together and, and create uh, atmospheric uh, presence and, and they can really score at will and play good defense. And I think defense will be the, the catalyst for uh, the Indiana Pacers to really kick it up a notch. And you, you also mentioned Karis LeVert, uh, a guy that came out of the University of Michigan. I actually spoke with Karis uh, last week. Uh, and I asked him, you know, I, I had, I tore my ACL and I watched that game uh, when he got hurt at the beginning of the season. And the crazy thing about Karis LeVert was that he was actually putting up all-star numbers before his injury. And he's blessed to be on the court at this point. And I asked him simply, you know, Yo, I had that injury. I mean, I'm not. I don't play in the NBA, and I don't have around the clock uh, medical service like like he does as an NBA player. And I asked him just about um, what it's like to make that transition from being hurt and then stepping back on the court and playing and being consistent. And I said, Do you before you go up for a jumper or before you drive to the basket or dunk? Are you thinking? Is it more of a cognitive thing or is it more just an action thing? Because before the injury, you were just acting. He said, you know, you have to retrain your body to go out there and do it because your body knows you've gotten hurt, but you also want to be beneficial to your team. So it's an adjustment. A lot is happening so fast. And I believe he came back in March and, you know, he, he's really been a guy that's kind of, I think his injury gave D'Angelo Russell the green light to go even harder. And now he's got to readjust himself within that offense. And I think that's more of a blessing than a curse because you know that if someone is not playing at their best and your numbers call, you're able to benefit and, 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 and kick butt, you know, if you need to. That's an option that he has, but he's also reacclimating himself to Kenny Atkins' offense. Yeah, it definitely, as you touched on, coming out of the University of Michigan for Karis LeVert, uh, I'm a Michigan fan. I watched that kid. And he was always hurt, man. It always came down the stretch. He would get hurt. And when he went to the Nets, I told Alex, who's a Brooklyn Nets fan, I'm like, this kid is special if he can stay on the floor and healthy. And you're seeing it right now in the playoffs. He's healthy and he's making plays. So it's actually very interesting that you talk to him because in finding out, you know, trying to act and whether to be like careful with the injury, you know, trying to think about it too much where it does affect your play because he, Karis LeVert has had a lot of injuries in his career. Even at Michigan, he had them in this year, you know. But talented kid, very talented, and I'm very happy for him, seeing him doing well with the Brooklyn Nets. I'm just happy for the Nets to see them playing as well as they are. I can see them scratching away and winning this series somehow. But uh, as you touched on with Indiana before, guy like Thaddeus Young. You also didn't touch on Bogdanovich, who was very good from downtown. Miles Turner out of Texas. It's that it's just a gritty team. It's crazy. They play tough defensively, and then you saw it in the score, 84-74 final. So it was a defensive game. Both got both teams weren't shooting very well. Marcus Morris had a very good game for the Celtics. But that's another series that you touched on uh, that can you know see a very banged up Pacers team slipping by without uh, Victor Oladipo, who's been out after that. Uh, very scary injury. What is your take on Portland and the Thunder? You had Westbrook, who averaged a triple-double again. Very impressive, Russell Westbrook. And Paul George right now has that shoulder issue. Early in the early half of the season, 
there were talks about him with the MVP conversation with James Harden and Giannis Antetokounmpo out of uh, Milwaukee. You think Paul George can get over the shoulder injury and somehow find a way to come back here in this year? I know it's only down one zip, but you think they can come back and win this series in Portland? Um, it depends on who you ask. You, you, you talked about the linger, lingering shoulder issue, something that I actually reported a month ago that has now shed light. Um, one thing I can say about the Thunder that kind of uh, raises an eyebrow is uh, in game one, they set an all-time playoff record for the worst three-point percentage, which which is at a minimum of 30 attempts. They shot 15.2% from downtown in game one. That's horrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean uh... – I don't know. Westbrook's had a very down year shooting the ball from the free throw line as well. At the same time, though, he delivered on the free throw line. Uh, he did, and I think people game. give Russell Westbrook a bad rap because he's not as maybe welcoming as, as some of your other favorite point guards. But I've gone on record and said I believe that Russell Westbrook was the best point guard uh, in the regular season this year for any NBA. Uh, but you also have to factor in the fact that Steph Curry's been hurt, had dealt with injuries, and you know the Warriors are dealing with Warrior issues right now. So. Um, while everybody can say it's Steph, there are some other intangibles that Russell Westbrook brings to the table, like leadership. He, he averaged a triple-double. That's not easy. Um, but also, he's had to carry a, 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 show, a, a and shoulder, no pun intended, a shooting load <laughs> when, when Paul George was not, a, was not uh, playing up to par. Um, but here's the thing about the Portland Trailblazers that I, that I enjoy. Um, you talked about the buyout market. Ines, Ines Cancer, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in game one, had 20 points, 18 rebounds in game one. Yep, almost a, almost a 20 and 20. Yeah, and so um, and he had two blocks in that game too. That's something that the Blazers have missed. You would think that with Joseph Nurkic being out, um, that they would have the, the Portland Trailblazers would have fell into the NBA playoff doldrums, and they've actually gotten better because you know that in, in any game that the Blazers play, you're going to get a valiant effort from not only Damian Lillard, who uh, in game one uh, played pretty well, but then also C.J. McCollum. Um, I, you know, Charles Barkley went on record early March and said to me um, that he believed or said on air that the Blazers were going to go to the NBA Finals. And I actually checked in with Uncle Chuck a couple weeks ago, and he said to me, I like Portland in the Finals. He said, with Lillard and McCollum, the addition of Rodney Hood and Inez Cantor, I like them in the West. And uh, Kenny Smith agreed with him. And I think that with uh, Portland playing as hard as they're playing against uh, the Thunder, uh, and it's almost like they, they are, are scratching the surface now. And I'll tell you something. I think that Daniel Lillard is tough. I think in a day and age now where uh, Dwayne Wade is retiring, it's good to see somebody like an underdog who had to work twice as hard as some of his other point guard counterparts did as just do. And you kind of saw it with um, Kimball Walker this year. Kimball Walker and Damian Lillard are not your traditional dis distributing point guards. Um, Damian, Damian Lillard showed hard earlier in his career, hitting key jumpers in the playoffs, I think, against the Houston Rockets. Yep, that, yes, a huge jumper for the win of the series against the Rockets. Yep. Exactly. And so, you know, if – if I'm Golden State, I'm a little nervous. If I'm Houston, I'm a little nervous. Because Houston, you know, you didn't expect them to, to come out the gate. They, they struggled earlier in the season, and then they found their rhythm. And, you know, you, you added guys like um, – uh, you, you just added key guys. I mean, you, you really are also dependent on 
uh, Eric Gordon, who, you know, in, in their game one series uh, played well. He was on the trading block, r- rumored to be, you know, involved in any trade, getting potentially Jimmy Butler to Houston earlier in the season. But, um, you know, I really, really, really am, am enjoying watching Portland come into their own. And, you know, if they are to beat OKC, kudos to them because, you know, they've grown. And it's not just, you know, Lillard and, and, and um, CJ McCollum and Yusef Nurkic on that team. Um, you, you, you really, you really had guys who just, I mean, they really, uh, warded out over the last couple of years, you know, and I, I went on record at the beginning of the season. I really felt, um, that that team would be a top 16, top, potentially top 14. And, um, you know, they, they, they willed their way in spite of Nurkic being out, you know, and I, and I do think that the Blazers, uh, may attract people to want to come to their team in their all season, you know, but I think adding Rodney hood definitely helped. And Evan Turner quietly has been a silent leader for that team this year. So I like what they have on the floor. Mike Myers Leonard is another guy that I like on that team. Yeah. And I'll see, we also didn't touch on this upset. The Spurs. I really like the Spurs. Popovich has the playoff experience. He's got the Mar the Rosen playing better in the playoffs where he really struggled when he was in Toronto. And Marcus Aldridge, you can't forget about Aldridge there. You know, I can actually see them beating the Nuggets in the series, and which would open up for Portland to get to the conference finals if they go past the Thunder. Because that's would be that matchup. The Thunder, I mean, uh, excuse me, Blazers-Spurs, if that does happen, or even Blazers-Nuggets. I, I, can see them, I can see them winning that series. So it definitely falls into the Blazers' hands where they do actually have a legitimate chance to find a way to the finals or end up playing Houston or Golden State in the conference finals. Definitely going to happen. And, um, but I, what do you think? That'd be a great second round. You would think that'd be a conference final, but it's not going to happen with if Houston wins their series. I really like Houston the way they're playing. And Chris Paul is going to be huge if he can stay on the floor in that series with Golden State if that does match up. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, I think Houston, you know, if they were able to make it back to the conference finals, that's that's a trip. Like, Chris Paul's got to get it right this time. You don't always get a second chance in life. And yeah, uh, you're right. You often wonder, you know, had they, you know, I had Houston Rockets assistant coach Irv Rowland on the Scoopy Radio podcast over the summer. And he told me, he, he felt that if, you know, Chris Paul, I mean, it's kind of the elephant in the room, but just to reiterate, you know, had Chris Paul, played in game seven and man been a different conversation. And then, you know, you look in the off season and you lose Trevor Reza who signed that one year, $15 million deal with the Phoenix Suns. And then was ultimately traded, um, you know, spoke to Robert Ory who, you know, felt that maybe uh, Clint Capella was overpaid, but Capella showed up in a pick and roll situation in game one for Houston. That's right. Got to give credit, credit is due. Um, then you, you know, you you look at Chris Paul. It's not just Chris Paul. It's not just Eric Gordon. You got PJ Tucker. Like you have a glut of guys who were there from last season that it carried over. And uh, you know maybe Trevor Reza wasn't such a bad thing, um, but you know definitely would be an asset in in later rounds. Um, Kenneth Fareed was a guy that I got a I got a brain freeze uh, that was added in the in the in the uh, I think uh, when he, when he was cut, he was traded or he was cut. I remember I can't remember how he got to Houston, but yeah, he got uh, traded and then he got cut. Yes, and then Houston picked him up. Yes, Kevin Fareed was a gem for them because I feel like he's a younger Nene on that team. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Even though they do look very similar with the hairstyle, but yes, 
They yes. they are, and they also picked up a guy like Iman Shumpert. They have Gerald Green, and they also acquired Austin Rivers in the offseason or during the season. But, yeah, I do like Houston. I think they uh, got like Chris Paul, can bother Steph, I think. And as you did touch on, I think they would have won Game 7 last year. I think they uh, definitely would have won that series, and the injury to Chris Paul hurt. And as you touched on, you don't get many second chances. And nope. he is, he's got to stay healthy. He was out. He had a lot of injuries again during the season, which was a lot of question in the offseason when the Rockets did give him that extension, paying Chris Paul that money. But it's come down to this. You know, it, the money money talks. And if he can show up in the playoffs and it's totally worth it, and he's healthy and he's there. And that's the time that it matters. Is Houston is going to make the playoffs. And I'll take a healthy Chris Paul in the playoffs than worry about the regular season. And I think they have a legitimate chance to go to the finals. And you're going to find out. I think the winner is going to come out of that second-round game with Houston and uh, Golden State. But I do like the Rockets. P.J. Tucker, I think, can learn something from Patrick Beverly, what he's doing right now with Kevin Durant, getting into the head of Kevin Durant, getting all into him, physical with him, which they have said is the thing to get to Durant, is be physical with him, which Beverly is doing. So I do like Houston uh, in the next round if they do get past the Utah Jazz. With uh, but what is your take on Milwaukee with Giannis? Do you think they can actually represent the East in the finals? I personally like Toronto, but what's your take on Milwaukee? I like Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee is a team that could uh, go to the finals, and it's not just because of Giannis. It's the collaborators with Giannis. Um, you, you have. Um, Brooke Lopez, former net. Uh, you have uh, Meritage. You have uh, co-NBA All-Star Chris Middleton. Uh, you, you have a team that was made uh, whole over the last couple of years, and now Mike Budenholzer is at the table benefiting and, and coaching well um, in their rotations. Um, I, I think that uh, even George Hill on that team, you have a, a glut of guys that uh, can can benefit that team. And you know, it's built well around Giannis. I thought that Giannis and the Bucks were there last year, but I think it took a little extra Lowry salt seasoning uh, to, to, to get him where he needed to be. And um, I know that the Bucks have spent substantial amount of time around each other. And I know what I'm getting. The, the Raptors are the favorite. They've been consistent all year, but I've never seen them play together except in game one against Orlando the way that they are. And I think that there was a belief that because LeBron James left the NBA's Eastern conference and went to the Western conference as a member of the Los Angeles Lakers, that they were going to be all right um, in the NBA's Eastern conference. And it was for them for the taking. But the crazy thing is um, Boston got healthy, Philadelphia leveled up and quietly Giannis was plotting how to take over the world pinky. And, uh, you look at that situation with the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, I went on record at the beginning of the season and said that I felt that Giannis or Anthony Davis could become uh, the NBA's MVP. Now, granted, it ain't Anthony, so I got to hope for Giannis. Um, but um, when you look at that Milwaukee Bucks team, man, it, it seems like it's, everything is just right. And the fact that everybody's paying attention to, to the Toronto Raptors, um, made probably Milwaukee go probably a little bit harder. Had NBA insider Chris Sheridan on the Scoopy Radio podcast, and he made a comparison that made so much sense. He said to me, um, when you look at the Milwaukee Bucks, they're a smaller market team. 
they are the little brother to the Chicago Bulls. Um, you look at the you look at the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets are a smaller market team, and Jokic had it had a. Uh, uh, it, it, an all-star season this year. And, you know, he said to Sheridan said to me that if Nurkic had continued to play as well as he did, he would have to be mentioned in MVP conversations. And then you look at Charles Barkley, who later said it on TNT, something similar. I think Milwaukee is in the same situation. Uh, Milwaukee, you know, in the shadows of Chicago, you had Milwaukee who was playing well. And I also think that, uh, Giannis was paid more attention to after the All-Star break because he played well in the All-Star game. And also after uh, it seemed Paul George began to cool off a little bit, not by much, um, people began to pay more attention to Giannis in, in addition to James Harden. And I think his time is now. But the thing is, he's been playing like that all year. Everybody's just starting now to pay attention to it. Yeah, Milwaukee definitely is uh, intriguing. Giannis, again, as you touched on, having a terrific season. Uh, Chris Middleton had a very good uh, game one, hitting four threes. I also really liked the acquisition uh, last year of Eric Bledsoe. And they paid Eric Bledsoe this year, so they re-signed him during the season. I think it was actually against the Lakers the day of or the day before. because then he went off against the Lakers that uh, following day. But I do like Eric Bledsoe. DJ Wilson, another guy from Michigan. I think what hurts them, Malcolm Brogdon going down, uh, had a very good season. Um, but Pat Connaughton is also another good guy off the bench for them. Had uh, 28 minutes, had 10 points, eight rebounds in their first win over the Detroit Pistons. And uh, the Pistons, I don't think, have that much fight left in them, especially uh, if the reports are true about Blake Griffin being out for the series. Not that they had much fight in them going into that series, which is very tough against Milwaukee, but I think it's very slim now knowing Blake Griffin is probably out, I think, with a sore knee. But as you touched on, Milwaukee does have a lot of pieces there. As you touched on, Brooke Lopez, who was a Laker last season, long-time net. He's got the three-point shot going down this season for Milwaukee. Giannis hit one the other night. Chris Middleton. You know, they got pieces. They had pieces. They're pretty deep. So that's where Milwaukee can make some noise. And as you touched on, a lot of people did talk about Toronto. I like Toronto. I like the move for Gasol. But I think Milwaukee, it's kind of one of those they're going to drive off of it. They're going to feed off the momentum of people doubting them. And it's like, yeah, they're a one seed. That's cool and all. But I think they got more to actually give and bring to the table. So what do you have to wrap up here this podcast? Who do you have in the final, and who do you got winning it all? Scoop, give me your take. Honestly, I don't know. Um, when you look at just the NBA's Eastern Conference this season, um, I think that the East became what people thought the West were going into the season. Um, the East was full of young guys that could produce, um, but – I feel like the the East is still growing. I feel like, you, you know, you look at Philly, they could legitimately make it to the finals because of the personnel. But then you see stuff on the bench, like in game one with text message, and it's like, yeah, That was an awful look for Amir Johnson and Joel. That was an awful look. But maturity and talent are, are similar but very different. Because Joel and B can be silly on the bench but still put up 40. Um, then you look at Boston. To me, Boston, had they not been injured the way that they did last year, 
I think that they could have challenged the Golden State Warriors in the finals last year. Um, now they're trying to find the groove of how they played last year mixed with how they're playing this year. That's why they've had issues. Then look at the Bucks. I still think the Bucks can make it to the finals. Um, but you look at Toronto. You have Kawhi Leonard. You have uh, you have their point guard and Kyle Lowry, and you have also Gasol, who they got as well. You think that they can be a one-two-three punch? Yes. One bad game for Lowry doesn't mean the end of the world. Expect them to kind of level up in game two against Orlando. Um, so to answer your question, I still do like the Milwaukee Bucks in the East. Uh, and in the West, I'm torn. Um, I like I like the goal. I like the Portland Trailblazers a lot as a as an underdog. Um, and I think that just because the Warriors are the Warriors to beat the champs, you still got to beat the champs or to be the champs. Rather, you still got to beat the champs. But I want to try something different. I like the Houston Rockets. Yeah, it's what I'm, it's what I'm going towards. So I definitely appreciate you coming on, Scoop. You can follow the podcast at Foul underscore podcast. Scoop, give yourself a shout out where people can find you and reach you and try to reach out to have you on the podcast. You're a great guest. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me, man. You can subscribe to the Scoopy Radio Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app, or simply visit ScoopBradio.com. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at ScoopB. Instagram and Snapchat, it's both the same. Follow me on Instagram and Snapchat at scoop underscore B. Thank you very much for coming on, and thank you very much for listening, people. Scoop B Radio. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher because hydration is mandatory. But boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.